Well, each week I've started by saying we're in a series, and it's called The Question Behind the Question. And in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, I'm getting a really weird, overpowering echo out of these things up here. Uh, uh, Jesus asks 307 questions to, uh, I'm still, it's like overpowering uh, in, the, in the wedges. Um, ask 307 questions of us so we've been each week looking at some of these questions in this series now I want to start today just a little bit different I want you to stop for a moment and I know I'm catching your cold turkey you know you're still waking up and you're not thinking about things like this but let's just say you or I could instantly I mean just instantly by merely wanting it merely desiring it change one, two, three things about ourselves. Instantly, you could change one to three things. Now, I didn't say about your circumstances. I, I said about ourselves. Pause for a minute, and I know I'm catching you cold turkey. I know it's hard to come up with these things right now, but what might one, two, or three of those things be that you would change instantaneously if you could? I, I, I think that all of us have this sense this intuition that there's a better version of ourself that's possible and I think that we all try to do what we can with what we have and we try to improve things as much as we can but there's usually a desire for more I came across something this week uh, I thought it was a fascinating article about a particular um, filter on TikTok it, it's called the bold glamour Filter and it's done by artificial intelligence. I'm just curious, how many have heard of the bold glamour filter on TikTok? Okay, some of you have. I'm going to show you a little piece of it. Uh oh, we lost our sound. Like this, but the filter, the filter has been used over two million times. It's crazy. I don't look anything like this, but the filter itself looks natural like there's some skin texture there i've seen other people use it and then do like a big reveal and they've looked pretty much exactly the same perhaps just less contoured makeup but i don't want to say this about myself but i actually look ugly when i take this filter off i've done a lot of work to unlearn that i owe prettiness to anyone i don't think my brain knows how to deal with looking like this one minute and then this the next so here's a reminder for anyone who needs it Filtered skin is not a skin type. And we're already the perfect edit. So kind of a shocking filter, huh? Well, I couldn't, I couldn't resist it. I, 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 <laughs> I had to try it. <laughs> now, now, the weird thing, the weird thing was when I did it, I really didn't look any different. I mean, so, so here's me which you're familiar with, with me, it's not much to see. So when I did the TikTok bold glamour filter, I was expecting some kind of change and it was hardly any change at all. So here's what it looked like. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't know which. <laughs> the question that we're gonna look at today Jesus asks an individual, he says, do you want to be made whole? Now, it's an individual that we're going to see the context. We're going to look at the verses who's, who's in a dire condition, has been in a dire condition for 38 years. So when we were asking initially one to three things that we may want to change about ourselves, 
I'm going to just plant some thoughts in your mind. It could be that one of the things that came to your mind, it could be that it was something that you feel like, if I could just get rid of this, or if I could just change this, the whole quality of my life would be instantly improved. This is the thing that's been debilitating me. This is the thing that's tormented me. This is the thing that's cheating me out of the life I've always wanted. This is the thing that's crippling me. Maybe, maybe now I know it was an awful lot to get stirred in your minds that quickly when I ask you to just pick one to three things that you'd like to change about yourself. But for some of us, probably something came to mind pretty quickly. And we have struggled with it through our whole life, feeling those, those kinds of feelings. We're going to meet a man who has that exact experience. Do you want to be made whole? It's a big question that Christ is asking each and every one of us in here this morning. And here's the powerful thing. Here's, here's the wonderful thing about Christ. You absolutely, everybody sitting in here today, absolutely you have an opportunity where the creator of the universe, the living God, is near, he's close, and he wants desperately to find openness in each of our hearts because he wants to make us whole. And we're going to get a picture in a minute of what wholeness is. So you have, I have, we have an opportunity. Every time God's word and his spirit goes forth in truth, there is the potential to forever ever forever change your life I don't care what your history has been I, I don't care what has been plaguing you there is the opportunity just like we're going to see an individual who has his life changed dramatically that day and, and it, it's a thrill to me because I get to hear the stories periodically where the spirit of God gets through in somebody's heart and, and inevitably almost every Sunday somebody's life gets changed and I mean changed forever because they connect with their creator Christ they may connect with him for the first time put their trust in him become his follower they may connect with him on a deeper level something gets awakened in them and they start getting more serious about living their life united with Christ daily but lives get changed in this place and they've been getting changed in this place for 31 years so let's go to the text John chapter 5 sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish feasts. In Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, is a pool. In the Aramaic language, it is called Bethesda. It is surrounded by five rows of columns with a roof over them. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie down. Among them were those who were blind, those who could not walk, those who could hardly move. One person who was there had, had, had not been able to walk for how long? 38 years picture 38 years not even being able to do the simplest thing for most humans just to walk just to have the freedom to move about it goes on when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that for a long time now he had been diseased he said to him do you want to be made what whole big question it's the question that, that every, every counselor, for example, knows is critically important. If a person authentically doesn't want to be made whole, it will not happen, though the power of God and the love of God is available and he wants it desperately. It won't happen if we don't want to be made whole. So, it goes on. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and what does it say 
Now, the guy hasn't been able to walk for 38 years. Jesus is commanding him to do something absolutely impossible to him. It almost sounds like it could be a cruel thing to say, a cruel question. Do you want to be made whole? Obviously, he's waiting there for 38 years. The people gathered there hoping that an angelic visitation, if you read the rest of the text, would uh, allow them the opportunity to be supernaturally healed. So Jesus then commands him to do something that he obviously could not do. Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed, and he walked. Sometime later, now this is the critical part. We're, we're, we're going to look into all this much deeper because we're thinking of wholeness. Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? Sometime later, Jesus found him in the temple and again spoke to him. Jesus, excuse me, Jesus, take a look at your body. He wants the man to observe. It has been whole. It has been made whole and strong. So, avoid a life of, what does it say? Sin, or else a calamity greater than any disability may befall you. Now, I want to say something that I say frequently. We, we have this utterly religious notion about sin that it's just something that's the result of God making up some arbitrary rules about life just because he can, and that we can violate them uh, but we may be judicially punished by the creator in judgment so what we really need is we need forgiveness of sins but sin itself it's just who knows we you know it's just kind of God's way of looking at things but that simply isn't true when when God calls something sin he is saying that it's dangerous for us it's it's destructive for us Jesus says a worse calamity than being crippled for 38 years. Something worse if you don't leave a life of sin. Sin is sand in the interior machinery of our spirit and our soul. Sin is the sand that ruins relationships. It ruins relationships amongst people. It ruins relationships amongst nations. When, when God labels something sin, it's not arbitrary. It is the creator saying, I know how I designed life to be lived. There's only one way that it can work. Jesus, John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. There's only one way that life works. And so when God calls something sin, you and I may think that it's arbitrary, and we may think that we can participate in it without damage to ourselves and damage to others, but it's not true. It's just that we don't, we don't, register the damage sometimes because often sin damages and desensitizes as we commit it and sometimes we're, we're just ignorant it takes time to do its damage how many of you are you're 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 old enough to know who ricky and lucy are can i see your hands <laughs> okay so ricky and lucy I, i'm not trying to offend anybody in here okay but 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 ricky and lucy they smoked it was chic in the 50s it was really chic in the 40s. No one knew then that it causes heart disease and cancer. So my point is that sometimes when God labels something as sin, we're like, ah, everybody's doing it. No, nobody's experiencing any consequences. We don't know the damage that's going on a lot of times. So anyway, we're, we're going to circle back and we're going to look at this a lot more carefully. So when Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? 
What is it? What, what, what is it to be made whole? And it's a different word that he used there. The New Testament is written in Greek, and, and it's a Greek word there, hugios, and it's different than the typical word that's used for being healed, which is kind of zoe, which means healed or rescued, saved, and all like that. So he's saying something different. It, it, it means well, but it means well on a large scale. It means becoming the kind of being that God originally intended us to become. It says it in Genesis 1.27 that God made us in his own image we're made in his image we we have the spiritual dna of god inside of us therefore our potential is based on that spiritual dna that's placed in us we're made in the image of god for example if you try to teach a monkey to read it's going to be futile because the monkey's dna will never allow it the ability to read but you and I, you can take a baby, and in time, if you, you know, teach the baby, the baby has the capacity. We have God-given capacities because we're made in God's image. So this, this wholeness, it means that I'm going to become the being that God originally meant me to be before we broke trust with God and started living in accordance with our desires instead of in accordance with His will, which is always for our good. All right, so we're going to look at this thing a little more deeper. What does it mean? What does it mean to be made whole? If, if God makes me whole, if he makes you whole, what is that going to look like? What, what is that going to entail? So here we go. We're going to look at a New Testament book called Ephesians. The Apostle Paul wrote this book to followers of Christ living in a Greek city called Ephesus. He says, our goal is to become like a full-grown man or, or a full-mature human so, so what does a fully mature, healthy human look like? To look just like, what does it say? Christ and have all his what? If I am to be made whole, it means that God wants to take me on a developmental journey and I have the spiritual DNA in me, within me, because I'm made by Christ and for Christ. If I unite with Christ in trust and if I start responding as a course in my life to his will as it's revealed in his word I can grow I can develop I can develop exponentially you can grow you can develop exponentially we, we can become actually like Christ this life was meant to be a developmental journey where first of all we return to our creator in trust we put our trust in Christ and become his followers then he can work in us so that we actually start to become whole and to be whole is nothing short of the beautiful, the stunningly beautiful and valuable Christ-like version of yourself. Your unique, beautiful self, but, but a Christ-like version. That's what it means to be made whole. We'll see this reiterated in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, this is a fascinating portion of Scripture. The Apostle Paul writing again to followers of Christ living in Corinth. He says, the first Adam made of earth came from the earth but then he goes, he says, the second Adam. Well, who, who's the second Adam? The second Adam came from where? Heaven, just as we wear the likeness of the man made of the earth, meaning Adam, so we will, future tense, wear the likeness of the man from where? 
from heaven. You read the passage, it's talking about Christ. He's called the second Adam. He's the start of a new humanity. Those that put their trust in him and become his followers, we are, the scripture says, born anew. We, we have a new humanity that's given to us, a new potentiality to become just like Christ. It says here, it's a certainty that just like we, we bear the image of the original physical Adam from the earth, we that trust in Christ and become his followers will bear his image. You have no idea, you have no idea what your potential is when you look in terms of the development of your character, of our character. It, it's, it's literally off the charts. Some of us, I, I know, I know, we say things to ourselves, we lie to ourselves. We say things like, well, I just can't, that's just me, it's just, just the way I am. I was just born with a, with a bad temper or whatever it is. Well, that, that may be true enough, but it's also true that you are destined, if you trust Christ and become his follower, you are destined to wear his image. Your growth potential is extraordinary, and you don't have to stay the way you are. God loves us as we are, and he comes to rescue us, but he doesn't leave us as we are because he loves us too much. So, again, what is it to be made whole? It is to become the Christ-like version of herself that is the that is the purpose of this life i'm to become who god meant me to become and to do the things that god meant me to do that's the purpose of your life um, not many people have clarity on the purpose of, of their life and it's an important thing to have because you can filter everything out through that your your values your decisions and so forth is this going to contribute to my ultimate you know purpose in life and so forth let me show you one more 2 Corinthians 3, Paul writing to followers of Christ in the city of Corinth, he says, all of us reflect the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces. We are becoming, notice it's a process, we are becoming more like him, meeting Christ, with ever-increasing glory by the Lord's Spirit. So let's pause for a minute and let's ask where we might be uh, when we hear Jesus asking us, do you want to be made whole? i tell you what I've found through the years. I, I, I've been a follower of Christ for a lot of years now. I find that there are a lot of people that want to go to heaven. I mean, you, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, you want to go to heaven or you want that elevator going down? I think most hands would say, I want it going up. I want, I want to go to heaven. But not as many people as I'd like to have seen through the years want to become like Christ. And, and, and that's what it actually means to be a disciple or a follower of Christ. A disciple was one that so trusted in their teacher, their master, their Lord, that they wanted more than anything to become like their Lord. So I've always been you know, puzzled why, why some people think they'd be happy in heaven when they don't like the will of God here on earth. I, I don't know what they think is going to happen between now and then, you know. I think actually it's just a matter of, I, I know that other place is hot and I don't really want to, I don't want to go there. I'm not much for hot weather. Humidity bothers me and so forth. But um, do we want, do we want to be made whole now that we know what it is? It's comprehensive. It's big. It's, it's, it's a tremendous growth journey, developmental journey. But you have the spiritual DNA to become like Christ. You and I have the ability to change. There is nothing that is within the context of God's will that we can't put off change and nothing Christ-like we can't learn and develop and put on.
so then we come to this question do we want it do we want to be made whole now this man it may have seemed almost a cruel question to ask him after 38 years of being unable to walk and uh, obviously wanting to be made whole but but might there be some reasons that that we don't really want to be made whole I, I think we all if we're honest we know there's potential truth there I mean it wouldn't be surprising probably to any of us to know that some people don't want to be made whole because it is going to mean a change a dramatic change in their life you see when, when you're an invalid like this man was for 38 years you think about it he kind of lived with uh, very low expectations people couldn't expect much of him they couldn't expect him to be responsible they couldn't expect him to care for himself they couldn't expect him to do much or care much for anyone else or to contribute much to anyone else there, there's some there's some enticements to being unable to being, as it were, broken beyond repair, to, to being a victim, to being able to blame everyone and everything on my weaknesses, on my problems, on my character deformities. Um, it's, I was raised by wolves. No wonder I'm the way I am, you know. It's, it's like, yeah, you can live there if you want, but you're going you're gonna to behave like a wolf, ultimately, you know. So why might some of us not actually want to make it whole. Well, well it's, it's certainly going to call for change in our conduct. I, 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 we got a weird phenomenon going up here. You, you notice the sound is canceled out a couple times on me? Um, I can't quite see back there, but I'm, I'm sure you, you know what I'm saying. Um, so maybe the question that we need to stop right now and ask, would we, if Jesus was asking us the question today and he is do we then maybe is a better way of putting it do we want to be made whole are we ready to step upon this path with Christ our creator and go wherever he wants us to go and do whatever he wants us to do and develop us in any way he wants to develop us so that we actually become like him in character do you want to be made whole or do you do you just want to kind of find a coping mechanism you know some of us, we, 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 we like having an excuse. You, you know you can't expect that of me. You, you know you can't. You, you know I've got problems. You know, you know that, that I'm just not able to handle those kinds of things. Well, God wants to empower and enable us to handle all kinds of things. But do we want to? Because there is some, some advantage, it would seem at times, to being unable. And therefore, no one can expect everything from us that they would expect from others so these are some reasons why, why we may not want to be made whole now I'm going to I'm going to dig in this a little bit more what what would what would have to be existent in us if we want to be made whole if we if we want to be this beautiful stunningly beautiful Christ-like version of ourselves that's going to be a blessing to everyone that we meet in this life and and who's whose impact is going to extend beyond this life into eternity. What would we need? Let's look at some fundamental things. Matthew 5, Jesus speaking, verse 6, he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness, for they will be filled. Number one, if I'm going to be made whole, I, I authentically, I, I must hunger and thirst, not just for heaven, <laughs> 
Because people, you know, we think, hey, heaven, man, the circumstances are pretty good there. I must hunger and thirst for authentic righteousness to, to be like God who always does what is right, who is someone that can be counted on to be consistent, to do. I hunger for it. I want it. I want to be, I want to be righteous. I hunger and I thirst for it. These are intense feelings, hunger and thirst. So we, we would do well to ask ourselves right now, do I hunger and thirst for righteousness to be righteous like Christ or do I just hunger and thirst for easier circumstances and a more pleasant life? Do, do I hunger and thirst for a world where the righteousness of God is existing in every heart and soul? That's what heaven is. It's a realm where everybody does the will of God all the time because they trust him entirely. Do I really hunger and thirst for that? Now, if you don't hunger and thirst for righteousness, I don't want you to panic because sometimes the reason we don't hunger and thirst for righteousness is because our souls are filled up on something else uh, i'm going to take some of you back this goes back over 30 years ago some of you how many remember a place that used to be in frederick called the chesapeake bay seafood house can i see here yeah man that was a cool place you go there and get all the crab legs you could eat and shrimp and all like that but but if you remember the drill when you went to the Chesapeake, so you pay one price and then it's all you can eat you know, so you go in there, man, I would be starved out. I mean, just, just skin and bones, you know. <laughs> and the first thing they do, you know, they, they come to your table and they say, well, now we want you to know that you can have all the beverages you want. That was kind of a new thing in those days, you know, the multiple beverages. And they bring out, how many can remember what they bring out and set on your table first? Somebody say it out loud. Hush puppies. And those things are seductive, man. <laughs> I don't know exactly what they are. They're kind of like cornbread, and they're kind of fried in something, but they're very seductive. They smell good, they look good, and they taste good. So they bring out all the drinks, all the beverages you want, and all the hush puppies you want, but how many of you, you went in there with a strategy? Can I just see your hands? I'm not touching. I don't care how hungry and thirsty I was. I'm not touching any hush puppies not drinking any beverages waiting for the crab legs because I want to take in the good stuff sometimes follow with me sometimes we don't hunger and thirst after righteousness because our souls are being filled up on junk food on hush puppies on, on worldly phenomenon and, and worldly matters of interest. And, and I'm not saying these things are necessarily evil. I'm just trying to help you understand yourself a little bit better. But sometimes we don't hunger and thirst for righteousness because we're full on other things that are not as valuable. So you may want to consider that. Here's some truth that I came to conclusion of. Wholeness and sin cannot coexist. Jesus comes to this man later and he says, listen, he says, leave your life of sin. Avoid sin or something more calamitous may happen to you. I can't be whole until sin is continuously being rooted out of me. It's sand in the interior machinery, like I said earlier. It's soul cancer. It's spirit cancer. Wholeness and sin cannot coexist. Now, for some of us, that's that's the place we need to stop because we have a, a centerpiece in our life or we have some section of our life where we have barred it off, we have fenced it off from God and we, we say, you know, God, I know this isn't right, but I don't care. This is me. This is what I do and you're not going to mess with it and nobody else is going to mess with it. Well, you can do that, but you're just hurting yourself. God loves us. He really does. 
He knows what's best and wants what's best. We deprive ourselves of the quality life we could have if we would trust him when he calls something sin it's detrimental for us wholeness and sin cannot coexist they will always cancel one another out if we are becoming more whole we're going to hate sin and we're going to be rooting it out of our life with great vigilance but if we're practicing sin we'll deteriorate our souls will be desensitized and damaged and we'll have, we'll have less and less wholeness, albeit we may not even know it. We may be oblivious to it. These things are mutually, mutually, uh, they can't coexist. They cancel each other out. First Peter chapter 2, it says that as newborn babies desire the pure milk, but what is he talking about? The pure milk of what? Of the Word, the Word. It's the Word of God that is nourishment to our spirits and our souls as opposed to junk food that we may fill our spirits and our souls with so we have to hunger and thirst after righteousness if we're going to be made whole do you do we hunger and thirst after righteousness do we really want to be made whole that means every area of our life remember sin has to be purged out because it is a a, a damaging inevitably a damaging thing in our lives now there's a process we also have to embrace it's not going to be an instantaneous thing that's being made whole when we're looking at spirit, soul, and body. Ephesians, Paul writing again to followers of Christ living in Ephesus, he says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. This was before they put their trust in Christ and became his followers. That's what it means to be a Christian. With regard to your former way of life, to put off your what? Your old self. Put off. Now, this calls me to take action. First of all, my old self is the way that I used to be, used to think before I put my trust in Christ and became his follower. I did Randy's will. I did things my way. So that old self, I have to assess it, and then I have to continuously be putting it off, saying no to its desires, its thoughts, its, its patterns, and so forth. So I've got to put off my old self, which is being corrupted. Notice it's being destroyed by deceitful desires I desire things that I think are going to get me what I want and give me an elevated quality of life but it never quite works out that way in the long run and to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on notice it's put off put on the what new self a new self this is the Christ-like version of myself that God wants to uh, bring forth in this making whole process it's created to be like who god you have as i said at the beginning of the message the spiritual dna to become like god let that sink in you're not going to be god ever to have the character of god listen folks this whole life is is a developmental journey where we're learning to live the way god lives himself and to love the way god loves and so this is not something abnormal that God is asking of us and wanting us to participate in. Put on the new self, created to be like God, in true what? Righteousness. And what else? Holiness. These are the characteristics of God. 
He's the Holy One. He never misuses His power. He always uses His power unselfishly for the good of others. And we have that capacity to do the same, to walk this life saying, man, how can I bless you? How can I serve you? What good can I do to you? I don't need anything from you. I don't want anything from you. If you give me something, that's good. That's icing on the cake. But I don't need it. I am here to bless you, to serve you. You have the capacity to live that way within the context of all your relationships and circles of influence. And so do I in Christ. Now, this process, this put off, this put on. Supposing that you were, you were not feeling very well, you know, so you went to the doctor and you, you wanted a thorough examination and they're more than willing to give you a thorough examination and to put you through many, many tests that are very, very expensive. So you go through the many tests and they're very expensive and you get the results. And so you, you, know, you're, 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 you know going in there, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not eating right, I'm not sleeping right, I'm drinking too much, I'm, I'm, I know I'm overweight, you know. So you go in there, you, you're not feeling good and you're not living good and you know it. So the doctor sits you down and says, well, here's what I recommend for you. And you say, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And you're expecting to hear a whole list of don'ts. You know, a whole list of things you must stop doing, okay? So the doctor says to you, says, I, I, I get the feeling you, um, you really enjoy fried food. I, am I right? And you say, yeah. And, and, I get, and I get the feeling you really love pizza. And you say, yeah. And I really get the feeling you got a sweet tooth. You, you love, you love you some sweet stuff, don't you? You say, yeah. I get the feeling you're an ice cream lover. Yeah. And I get the feeling... You don't like exercise. You go, guilty as charged. And the doctor then says to you, he says, okay, here's what I recommend. I want you to double down on that fried food. I want you eating a big bowl of ice cream, like bucket size, every night before you go to bed. (laughs) I don't know how much you're drinking, but I want double. I want you drinking double. (laughs) Exercise, do not do any no exercise so you listen to this and you're a little stunned you were expecting to hear the opposite and then uh you know you say but 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 doc i mean i don't know you're the doctor i'm not but won't that maybe shorten my life and the doctor says oh yeah well oh sure probably 20 30 years what's the big deal (laughs) you're gonna die anyway you might as well enjoy yourself the doctor says to you now is that the kind of doctor we want no no we want the doctor that says you got to put off your old self stop doing the stuff that's destroying you and start doing the stuff that's going to develop you that's that's what this passage is teaching god wants us to want it he wants us to want it bad enough that we will go through this rigorous process of constant self-examination assessing and discovering the aspects of the old self putting it off and then learning the christ-like way of living that we learn from god's word you can't get it unless you get into god's word and let it get into you and then putting those characteristics those habits those behavior patterns on we have to want it we have to want it bad enough to work it and to do it do you want to be made whole because that's what it's going to take let me share this with you the word of god awakens dormant and damaged capacities that can then be dramatically developed 
Jesus tells this guy who hasn't been able to walk for 38 years, get up, get up, take, take up your mat and walk. He tells him to do things that are impossible. Listen, when you and I start reading the word of God, the different conduct changes, attitude changes, mind changes that God wants us to make, we are going to feel that's impossible. I've been doing it differently my whole life. I'll never be able to do that. But here's the truth you must tuck away, and that's what this healing is meant to show us, principles of God's activity. That when we're willing, when the Word of God awakens dormant and damaged capacities, that can then be, that can then be dramatically developed. So in other words, it, it leads to this second statement. What seemed impossible becomes what? Possible, and eventually what? easy when we respond in obedient trust to what God's word let me make it really simple whatever Jesus asks us to do whatever the word of God tells us to do God will empower us to do therefore though it may feel impossible initially it's not impossible if we respond in trust let me ask you a question can a newborn baby walk you sure Or can a newborn baby walk, but just not yet? You see what I'm saying? The DNA, the capacity is there, but the capacity needs to be developed. You and I, when we see what God asks us to do, commands us to do, changes he wants us to make, we initially may feel, I can't do that. That's impossible. I'll never be able to do that. This is just going to make me feel guilty all the time. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll be worse off as a follower of Christ than I was before I started following him. That's where his forgiveness and his patience and his assurance that he's for us, he's with us, he'll never leave us, never forsake us comes in. But you must tuck away that God will command us to do things that initially are impossible feel impossible but if we want to do them badly enough and if we work at them what is initially impossible will become not only possible it will become easy how, how many of you you ate in the last 24 hours can I see your hands there was a time when you could not feed yourself <laughs> so you have to tuck this away or, or else it can be discouraging. God asks us to do impossible things because he knows he will enable us to do those things because he's already planted in us the capacities to do those things. They just need to be stimulated. They, they need to be stirred up. And that stir comes from desire and it has to be deep enough that we want it bad enough that we work at it and then we'll see what God asks us to do he enables us ultimately to do and then we become somebody different it's no different than anything we learn in life you know like, like if I wanted to start trying to learn an you know, instrument a guitar or something like that initially I'd just be a bungling idiot but, it, but if I stayed with it long enough I'd probably never be Eric Clapton or something but I, I'd, I'd probably be able to play basic stuff this is because the capacity is there it just needs to be stirred by desire and then follow through with, with some um, practice with the intention of improving. All right, let me share one last scripture with you. Psalm 17, it, it, I think it should be 117, but, but I, I, we'll check out in between services. It might, be, it might be right. As for me, says the psalmist, I will see your face in righteousness, and I will be satisfied when I awake with what? 
you're like even in the old testament david david yearned he knew that god intended us to wear his beautiful character and that that was possible and, and david felt like you know even if it's even if i don't cut it in this life even if it's only after i awaken after death to have your likeness to finally live the way you live god and to love the way you love that's worth everything so here's the question we started with do you want to be made whole now that you know what it is and basically you know what it takes I really want to be made whole I have been following Jesus for a long long time many many decades I, I am not whole yet but I am a whole lot <laughs> more whole than I was when I started this journey at age 23 if you've put your trust in Christ and become his follower, I hope that's true of you. And he will be faithful. Jesus, the last night he was with his disciples, he sat them down and he tried to, he tried to explain to them for the fourth time, guys, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to be crucified. But don't worry because on the third day I'll rise from the dead. And I want you to remember how much you matter to me and then I'm always going to be with you to the very end of the age so he did this thing that we now call communion or the Lord's Supper and he said okay guys here take this bread and he says this bread I want it to be stuck in your memory forever it represents my body I love you guys so much I'll give my body to be broken for you and then he, he takes the little you know thing of wine and he says this represents my blood I'm going to pour out my life's blood for you I'm the image of God. I'm, I'm God present with you, and I love you this much. I just need you to trust me, guys, and I want you to remember. I don't want you to ever forget how valuable, how important you are to me. Even if you're faltering, even if you're failing, even if you're stumbling, I'm with you. My mercy is available. My forgiveness, just, just keep walking with me. So he established this thing called the Lord's Supper or Communion. So I'm going to just share a couple of verses with you, and then we're going to actually participate in this. If, if for some reason you don't want to participate in it, um, you know, we'll, we'll give you some time to exit in just a bit. But uh, for now, stay seated. Jesus talking, he says, I have come so that they may have life and life. What does it say? Life, how much, what kind of life? Fullest measure. Best life ever, even in this tough old sinful world of ours, is available to each of us if we want to be made whole and follow Jesus I am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep these these elements th th these little bits of bread th this juice that we're going to take it symbolizes that that death it's Jesus way of saying you know we say to people I love that person to death well he literally he literally loved us to death to win back our trust and to know that nobody is more trustworthy than him nobody's more worthy to be followed than him so in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was teaching the Corinthian assembly, the followers of Christ in Corinth, about this, this thing we call communion or the Lord's Supper. Now, I know some of you come from different backgrounds. I just want to tell you something. The, the Scripture does not teach that anything magical is going to happen here. So like when I take this, this little thing of, uh, let's see, what did they give me here today? This little thing, when I put it in my mouth, it does not turn into the body of Jesus. It's just what it is. It's a little cracker of some sort I'm not sure what it is no it should be a matzo or something 
Some of you have been taught that this is a mystical, magical thing. It's not. The Bible doesn't sustain that. It is meant, though, to be something to help our memories that we remember by these physical elements. This is who our God is. Our God loves us so much he would be crucified if that's what it takes to win back our trust and to bring us in line with his will, which is for our highest good forever. So Paul says to the Corinthians, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in what? Remembrance. Remembrance. Nothing mystical, nothing magical. It's a a memory help. In remembrance of me, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in what? Remembrance of me. If you were to read the next verse, I didn't print it up there. It says, we do this until the Lord returns. And he promises, just as he promised to rise from the grave the third day, and he did, he promises to return. And the likelihood is we'll live to see that return. We are living in an amazing time in human history. All right. So, uh, is there anyone that that wants these elements that has not received them? We have people that will pass it to you rather quickly. If you didn't get these little bits of bread or the juice, just kind of raise your hand high so we can can get a visual on you. And, okay, it looks like in the back there we have someone all the way in that corner. Um, the, The lights are bad up here it's why I'm doing this I'm not saluting or anything <laughs> well I uh, still have one back there on the right my right your left there you go uh, I think I think okay okay so now that we know what this is it's to help our memory to remember our God loves us literally he'll he died to prove the depth of his love he's trustworthy we're his people if we put our trust in Christ and become his follower that's an important thing for you to settle have you put your trust in Christ and are you his follower if you are your sins are all forgiven you have eternal life as a free gift and he will be with you every second of your life helping us to become whole if we want to let's remember that our Lord gave his body this little cracker you know it's to help us remember his body Then the cup, the juice represented his blood, which represents that he died to prove his trustworthiness trustworthiness, and to uh, open the, the way for us to get past our fear of God, our guilt, our suspicion about God, our shame, all the things um, that keep us from trusting and returning to him. His arms are open wide in forgiveness to anyone that will put their trust in him and become his follower. Let's remember the blood of our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that uh, you don't just forgive us and leave us. You, you call us to the highest, the highest kind of wholeness to become exactly like Christ, our creator. Uh, Spirit of God, you know each one of us. You know our hearts. You know the places where we're stuck, where we're scared, where we're jammed up, where, where we're resistant, where we're rebellious. 
wrestle with us, Lord, that, that we can become who you meant us to become and do what you meant us to do. Thank you for this opportunity, and may your spirit raise someone this day from lifelong crippleness. We ask it all, Father, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by which we know you. Amen.